Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, welcome back to our weekly edition of LISC, our LISC series. And LISC, for those just joining us, is the acronym for Long Island Serial Killer or Serial Killing. I have said this a million times, but I'm convinced that it's killers. And without any doubt in my mind, it's killers. And for reasons of full disclosure, uh, we do not, I do not, know who the killers are. And I don't have any theories to share about who the killers are. But if you're, you're new to this, 10 to 16 bodies have been found in Suffolk County and virtually no investigation has been done on it as soon as as soon as our county executive Steve Ballone took office on January 1st 2012 he appointed his buddy police chief Jimmy Burke and by the way and I mean buddy uh, don't let him BS you and say he got pressured into taking him or anything like that. Nope, he took him, and at a at a kitchen, uh, allegedly, 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 at a kitchen table meeting at the Balone household, Bob Strickoff, his, his, his buddy growing up, and his best friend now, best friend growing up, always best friend, who bought the house, 58 Savannah Walk, from a gentleman named Harry Feingold, who was convicted of drug trafficking and did 10 years after being convicted of drug trafficking and uh, was a an unapologetic pornographer and filmed out of that house, filmed out of that house, and... The strange thing about the transaction, if you're just joining us, and this isn't allegedly, uh, this is absolutely, Bobby Strickoff paid a tremendous amount more to Harry Feingold for his house that he still lives in, still borrows money on in March 2021. I think it was a $500,000 loan taken on that house, but he, he paid significantly more than the house was assessed for and the house was worth upwards to $400,000 more. Now, I know Bobby Strickoff. He's no genius. But he's not dumb enough to pay $400,000 more for a house than what it's worth. So, anyway, that's that's highly, highly unusual. But anyway, it's, um, you know, it's strange and of course when when Ballone put their buddy in, Jimmy Burke, their friend, don't let anybody tell you any differently, their confidant, immediately, immediately the FBI was pushed to leave the investigation, which of course they eventually left the investigation. So anyway, what's what's going on? What's going on 
is the question, and why is the question. you got to ask why to all of these things. But anyway, the, the strict-off purchase of the house, 58 Savannah Walk, for $400,000 more than what it's worth certainly is unusual. The circumstances surrounding that purchase <laughs> certainly unusual. But we still don't know. We still don't know who the killers are in this situation, this horrible situation. And if it ever sounds like I'm making light of it, I'm you know, my apologies to the victims' families, but again a very dark subject and our hearts go out to all of you and hopefully we can keep dialogue going on this that will lead to an eventual successful prosecution, not a BS prosecution, not Tim Sinney, who was made by Steve Ballone, not him grabbing somebody, saying, this is Lisk, this is your guy. If it was so easy, if it was so easy, by by the way, guys, and if they, this person comes up and they're not connected to the groups that, that we mentioned, um, guess what? They're probably not the guy. Because Tom Spoda would have done that a long time ago. An early narrative, and I've mentioned this before, an early narrative coming out of, of Balone people was that it was Jimmy Bissett, you know, the guy who owned the aquarium, um, you know, well-known guy. And that was the, the early narrative being pushed from Balone, and especially after Jimmy Bissett took his own life and when people said that to me well Jimmy Bissett is Lisk and by the way the people that said that to me were all mutual friends of mine and Steve Ballone's your county executive who appointed Jimmy Burke to be the police chief and who chased the FBI out but they kept saying to me it's Jimmy Bissett it's Jimmy Bissett and I'll repeat I said well if it's Jimmy Bissett, it's not Jimmy Bissett alone, because Thomas Spoda is an intelligent guy, a seasoned prosecutor, and if he could have gotten everybody off the hook, Jimmy Burke and everyone else that has ever been suggested in this scenario, off the hook, by pinning it on a dead man and a dead man alone, they would have done it. He would have did a grand jury report and said, Jimmy Bissett did it. It's done. We found it. I'm a hero. Me, Tom Spoda. I did it. We solved it. We got it. Who's going to complain? They couldn't do it. And I said this before. They couldn't do it because Bissett has people who are going to stand up for him and not let them railroad all of this on Bissett. So what I said to Balone people, as they said this, I said, come on, don't be ridiculous. If it was Bissett and Bissett alone, this would have been done a long time ago. And if it's, I'm not saying it's Bissett, I don't know, whatever, but I, if it's Bissett at all, it's Bissett plus somebody connected to Spoda, 
Jimmy Bissett plus someone who's connected to Jimmy Burke. Jimmy Bissett plus someone connected to Ballone uh, and or Strickland. Well, it would be done. <laughs> it would be a done deal. You know, how easy? It's shooting fish in a barrel, right? That was the Ballone narrative, is that it was Jimmy Bissett. Obviously, it's not Jimmy Bissett or Jimmy Bissett alone. But they would have liked you to believe that and to get away with that. And if they could have, they would have. Trust me, they could have. They would have. Anyway, it would have taken all kinds of people off the hook. But there are different theories, and I'm not going to just spew different theories unless... I have some belief that they could be that they could be accurate. And I'm not going to say any people specifically, but the one thing, the one vulnerable population to serial killing are obviously sex workers. Why? And they're all tell you this, I mean, uh, all the experts, all the former prosecutors and people who studied this and detectives and cops, and, and by the way, we, we have great cops, I say it all the time, in Suffolk County, wonderful men and women that do this for a living and they would have loved to dive in there and solve this, but they got stopped, they got stopped by Ballone and Burke, who stopped the investigation from going forward. Only to give us a belt 10 years later. A belt, everyone. A belt with initials. So if they find some psychopath who is admitting to everything from the Kennedy assassination to 9-11, they're going to have to make sure that he has the initials HM or WH. Because, of course, the brilliant move of, of parading a belt out there with the police commissioner and others they box themselves in the corner so if they're going to come up with a patsy they've already said they've got a belt that the killer handled and may have belonged to whatever they did it's just silly it's not even worth talking about so boy it would be interesting if they try to do that in an election year for DA Tim Sinney's running and running in a tough tough year for him to be running if they try to pull that they gotta find someone they gotta find a psychopath who admits to something like this they could close in on something like this who's not tied to Balone or Strickoff or Burke Spoda they gotta find somebody with those same initials before I get into theories someone called me up and said, no, good guy, smart guy, called up and said, you know, he heard some information that people believe addicts, addicts, and pronounce uh, it however you'd like, pardon my accent, but let's, let's put that down as drug addicts, just to make it a little more recognizable, that drug addicts were involved in, in a killing spree in that area. And I said, if... These were people with substance abuse problems, drug addicts on a killing spree. It would be the easiest 
serial killer in the world to get. Let's face it, there are no easier criminals to catch than those who are addicted to heroin, let's say, or, or whatever. I mean, come on. There's no way in the world that Tom Spoda and Tim Sinney, with all their shortcomings, could have ever missed that one. Boy, they would have dreamt. They would have drooled over the fact that it was drug addicts doing this. That would have been some dialogue, you know, the murdering drug addicts who was smart enough somehow, slick enough to elude everybody. Smart enough somehow to get Ballone and Burke to clear the field for them, to chase the FBI out. And Ballone and Burke wouldn't do that just for a drug addict, right? I mean, if it was a drug addict, that, that guy would have been arrested so quickly. I mean, it's, you know, again, it's, it, let, let's, let's narrow it down. It's not a drug addict. It is someone, and everyone knows who's listening, it is someone who is highly connected to the people that we've mentioned. Somehow, some way, they're connected because nobody is arresting them. And they know it. And again, in all of this time, since 2013, when I started talking about this, I didn't talk about it on air. I had a TV show on NBC nonstop. I could have talked about anything I wanted to. I didn't talk about this then. I didn't talk about it on uh, a CBS, syndicated CBS show, radio show that I had called Turning Point. I didn't talk about any of this. There was just all celebrity talk. So I didn't talk about it on air, but Ballone, Steve Ballone, got pissed at me anyway. He got completely angry at me for just asking mutual friends, what the hell's going on with this serial killing? Right? He was the only one. He just it's so possessive of this serial killing. And I didn't ask about it on air. But for four years, I've been saying cover up, cover up, cover up. Now, these last ten weeks... I'm screaming cover-up, and I'm saying specifically, Steve Ballone and Jimmy Burke covered this up. There's no what, our question. And you know what? No one has said to me, and I repeated this before, and I'll repeat it again. Nobody has ever come up to me and said, Frank, there's no cover-up. What are you talking about cover-up? Nobody. <laughs> all these, can you imagine in all of these years me saying cover-up and having all the mutual friends with Ballone and Spoder and Strickoff and Jimmy Burke and all of these folks? Not a single one of the people that have come up to me to tell me to stop, to ask me to stop. Not a single one of them has ever said, Frank, there's no cover-up. What does that tell you? Well, I'll tell you what it does tell you is that no drug addict is risk. <laughs> no, no, no random person is risk. And by the way, when I asked very connected people, well-known people, very close to Steve Ballone, and I'll gladly say it in court one day, I'll break all of this out. I'll have to, right? Certain things I'll have to say. And I'll say who they were. But the easiest thing in the world they could have said, is how the hell do we know? Well, how does Steve Ballone know who 
Lisk is. Millions of people go through there all the time. Could be so many crazy. They didn't do that. The people closest to Balone said to me, when I said, who does he think Lisk is? You know what they said? Jimmy Bissett. And that's when I said BS, and I went nuts. And I said, that's ridiculous. I said, if it's Jimmy Bissett, it's Jimmy Bissett alone. Spoda would have nailed him. So don't, you know, I'm not a a-hole. <laughs> He's not an a-hole. Come on. Stop the nonsense. Let's stop being BSing each other. What happened here? All right. Here's, here's another set of theories. And it wraps around pornography. Right? Now, pornography is legal. Right? We're not in some Mideastern country where it's illegal to show people having sex on film. There's some things that are obvious, or should be obvious, that are illegal. Obviously, they have to be of age, right? Pornograph- uh, pornographers could make films with adults all day long as long as the people are willing and they're of age. There's another condition to making pornography that we should mention. Never thought I'd have to mention it. Kind of thought it would be obvious. But specifically, pornographers. If you're listening out there, if you're making a porno film, under no circumstances can you kill the people in the porn film when they're done having sex. Right? You understand this is a very important part of it. Under no circumstances can you kill the participants in the porn film after they're done having sex. Or whatever. Can't kill them. It's called snuff. Now, I'm not saying that's what went on here. But I'll say this. They shut down this investigation. Pornography is involved. We don't know for sure that the people that were brought there Gilgo, Oak Beach, were making pornography. Maybe. It sounds like they made a lot of money for going there. It sounded like $1,500 from what I heard from some people early on in the investigation when there was an investigation before Steve Ballone, county executive, running for governor, by the way, maybe, and Jimmy Burke, his hand-picked police chief, before they kicked the FBI and they killed the investigation. They finished off the investigation with very little fanfare. Just stopped it. So, what I heard, $1,500. What were they getting $1,500 from? This is some of the victims. In fact, One of the investigators said to me, I'll keep it off record because I'm not sure, 
that uh, that it, it was off record or not, but I'll keep it off record or on background. Uh, how about that? I'll, I'll put it on background, which means I could use it, but I won't say who attributed who it's attributed to. But a law enforcement, well-respected law enforcement person who was involved in the investigation said that I believe it was someone luring these women here who is a white-collar guy who also had a lot of blue-collar tendencies. And I said, why? He said, well, first of all, $1,500 is what he was offering. So he couldn't come up in a broken-down pickup truck, let's say. That would be a nice-looking pickup truck. Anyway, but it, it couldn't come in a broken-down pickup truck and convince these women that it was okay to, to get in. They were going to get $1,500. It had to look like the guy had $1,500. And other things that I'm going to leave, I'll leave to a future date, where he said he thought they had blue-collar traits, but was a white-collar individual, at least luring the women in. So $1,500 for what, is what I ask you. These women were getting $1,500 for sex? Not with one person, not for one night. I think the going rate, from what I hear, around Gilgo and Oak Beach was $250 an hour. Maybe $1,500 for a party? To entertain at a party? But $1,500 was a, a term, was a, was a set number that folks got. That women were promised. Got that directly from someone investigating the case before the investigation was stopped by Ballone and Burke. So $1,500 maybe to entertain a whole party? Something like that. Or $1,500 to make a film. I don't know. I'm speculating. These aren't facts. This is The facts are, you know, that $1,500 seemed to be the the going rate to get them there, to lure them there. The other fact is is $250 an hour seemed to be a going rate for an escort sex there. So anyway, I'll go back to it. Was porn involved? And was porn gone too far the reason why these people are dead. And I'll say it again. Guys, you can't kill these people when you're filming them. I don't know that that's what's going on over there. But I'll tell you what. I don't know that the killing has stopped. I think the people that are involved are smart enough not to put bodies on the side of the beach anymore. It's a big ocean out there. People have boats. Throwing bodies off of a boat in the middle of the night or whatever probably wouldn't be too difficult to do. I'm not sure anything has stopped, to be honest with you. 
a lot of missing people, a lot of missing sex workers. And we're going to bring some people on on the show. And we're going to talk about that very fact that there are a lot of missing sex workers. Now, we have no proof necessarily that they are they are missing in this area or that they were brought into this area. We don't know. But there are missing sex workers all over the place. And like I said, I started to say, they are easy targets for serial killers. They are very easy targets because there's often substance abuse problems. There's often mental health issues with the sex workers. And there's often a detachment from the family members that are in their lives. In many ways, they're invisible people. Terrible. But they're invisible people. And when serial killers get a hold of them, people tend to forget that it even happened. Frank McKay here. We'll be back more with our list series right after this. We'll be back with more Breaking It Down. You're listening to our list series. We'll be back right after this. 